Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. A couple of years ago, well, several years ago, actually, we were celebrating my friend's last night as a bachelor. My friend's last night as a bachelor. This is actually way back. And we decided to go do a laser tag. Have any of you been laser tagging? All right, all right, a few of you. Now, uh, we were probably a little bit older than the kids that usually do this, and so the place was dark. But we were excited and we were determined that we were going to have fun. So we put on the gear, we grab those laser guns, and we go inside this crazy, dark uh, maze place that they had back in the day. Uh, You couldn't see a thing, uh, but only the laser. And we thought, this is it. We're going to have a great time. So we start playing. We start shooting around. We start uh, having some fun. And uh, a few minutes into our game, one of of our friends uh, just says, hey, I'm hurt. Uh, He just screams it out in the dark. And I'm like, of course you're hurt. We got you. You know, we're making fun. We're like thinking it's funny. He's like, no, no, I'm hurt. I think I'm bleeding. I'm like, okay. I, uh, okay, so hey guys, guys, let's get out of here. So we all get out, and as we get out, it was about six of us together, a group of friends. One of my friends says, all right, so my friend that got hurt was Javier, all right? So my friend's like, hey, Javier, why don't you sit here in a comfortable place while we get help for you? Then another friend reacted, hey, everyone, we got to get some ice, we got to get some help, call 911. That was the second friend. Third friend was like, hey, um, are you okay? I think I'm going to call your wife. Uh, I'm going to make sure she's okay. Uh, I don't know if it was his fiance back then, but everyone reacted different. And then there was my brother-in-law. His name is Joey. He took control of the situation like uh, I've never seen it, all right? He's like, all right, everybody, step back. He needs, he needs oxygen. He needs air. I'm like, okay. So he puts his head in a comfortable position He's wearing a T-shirt. He takes off his T-shirt. This was very dramatic. He starts ripping off his T-shirt into strips. He creates uh, cloth strips, and then he starts making a tourniquet on his head to stop the bleeding. He's like, we're going to take care of you, and you're going to stop bleeding, and you're going to be well. I'm telling you, the only one that is not doing anything at that point is me. There's a reason for it, by the way. Um, me, uh, or me and blood just kind of don't mix. We, we, there's a thing, all right? Uh, if you know me, even reading Leviticus, guys, I have a hard time sometimes when I read some of those uh, passages about blood. But anyway, pray for me about that. <coughs> Excuse me. We are there. I'm looking at it. And because there's blood, I freeze. I see everything happening. It feels like slow motion. That's why I can narrate it right now because I felt like everything was happening little by little. All I know is that I'm staring and I'm looking at this whole thing and I can't do anything because there's blood in there and I I froze, okay? I'm embarrassed, but it's what happened. But the way everyone's gift just came out into action, the way everybody just reacted differently was powerful. And it reminded me 
of today's verse. So I want you to go with me to Romans 12, verse 6. Romans 12, verse 6. By the way, my friend uh, was fine that night. He survived it, and he was doing well and better. And so we all uh, thank Joey. Uh, he's amazing. He's now a captain with JetBlue, still doing incredible things. He's rescued like three people from the dead. I mean, anyway, uh, that's the kind of guy you want to have on a mission trip, by the way. Um, and I always, I did tell him, I said, I'm going to preach about you. And he said, cool. All right, Romans 12, 6. If you can go with me there, we have it, I believe, on the screens. Uh, this is the key verse for tonight, short and sweet. The Word of God says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, what does it say next? Let us use them. That's where I'm going to pause. There's a, another part of the verse, but I cannot move on to the other part of the verse because I am stuck on this phrase. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And so we've been talking about motivational gifts. We've been working on surveys. We've been doing all these things for all these weeks. That's all awesome, and it's cool because you get to say the paper and say, I'm this and that. That's all awesome. But all this must be at some point put into use in a practical manner. And so I'm looking at this verse. I just want to distill four uh, truths or four principles and then go into uh, a, a review of all the gifts that the Bible talks to us about. So the first principle I see from this verse is as follows. Every one of us has received a gift. I don't care who you are. Even if you are are new in the Lord or have been serving the Lord a long time, you have received a gift. Spiritual gifts are given so that every Christian can experience the joy and fulfillment of God working through them. These gifts are important. Some of you did not know that you had a God-given gift. And that's why we're teaching this. For some, by the way, all this may be a review. That's awesome. It's good to review the Word of God. But for some of you, you're learning what that gift is. But each, each and every one of you have been gifted. And each and every one has a different gift. That's the second point. Everyone's gift is different. Say with me, different. Spiritual gifts are complementary. They are meant to mutually supply each other's lack. These gifts are of vital importance to the body of Christ. It's important that you and I are different. It's like a couple. Imagine if a husband and wife were exactly the same person. And I'm talking in temperament or personality. That would be the most boring marriage ever. Well, in the same way, we all come from different backgrounds. And we bring in different giftings. And God has designed us in different ways so that we will learn how we complement each other. And so that we will learn to work together. And we can work together. Let me get an amen on that one. The church can work together. It's important first to define the gift and know how you've been gifted before you begin to work together. But it's important for you to remember everyone's gift is different. Number three, our gift has been given to us by grace. Say with me, grace. Oh, what a good word. I did not work to earn 
my gift. It is a work of the Holy Spirit in me. I don't have to earn it. If a gift has been given to me by grace, I cannot boast on that gift. So some of you, maybe you're like, oh, I'm a perceiver. <laughs> perceiver. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm at the level of the perceiver. Did you hear that? Uh, honey, did you catch that? Did you take a picture of my assessment? You know, did you post that on, on Facebook? Because, you know, I'm a perceiver. And it's kind of silly because when a gift has been given to us by grace, we, we just shouldn't boast in it. What we should do is operate in it with humility. Uh-huh. Not a lot of amens. I hope that means that you're processing what I'm saying. We operate in our gift, but we operate with humility. But we nonetheless operate in it. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Next. Let us use the gift. I know. Incredibly profound truth right there. Incredibly profound. When it says let us use them, the Greek and the Hebrew root is let us use them. When I see this phrase, I see Paul trying to mobilize the Roman church into action. You see, he was writing to a church that was a part of the Roman Empire. And so that is the background of this teaching. And if you can think a little bit about the Roman Empire, though they were under tyranny, they achieved some incredible things. They developed a very complex government system. They developed an incredible, well, they actually developed incredible feats of engineering. Have you heard of the Roman roads? So what he's saying is, if under tyranny, Rome was able to come together to build incredible things, how much more under grace us can come together and build something even much more incredible for God's glory? When everyone is operating in their gift, in unity, it is a beautiful thing to observe. So I say again, operate, because we need to operate in the gift. We need to use it. We cannot keep it dormant. How many people here have the gift? You realized you had it, but it's inactive. You're sitting with your gift inside, and you're doing Nothing with it. That's no good. No bueno. We got to operate on that gift. We have to use it. So Paul is like, get going. Like, get moving. Get, look at what Rome is doing. What are you doing, church? Like, you're the body. And he just goes into this incredible uh, teaching about what each and every part of those, uh, each and every part of that body means. And the beauty of it when we work together and use it for God's glory. So this is the verse that is the background for the teaching on the gifts. And so let's go ahead and look at the different sets of uh, gifts that God has given us in the word. The first one I want to go through is uh, we call the gift, the ministry gifts. I'm sorry, the ministry gifts. And they are found on Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. So the ministry gifts provide opportunity for recognized Christian service through the church. These gifts, these ministry gifts, are actually leadership roles 
inside the church. Some people call them the five-fold ministries, another way to call them. The first one is apostle. Say with me, apostle. One who establishes and strengthens the churches. That's what an apostle is. Often missionaries have been called modern-day apostles because of how they plant and establish churches around the world. Now, not only missionaries can function in this gift, there's an apostolic gifting that can move in, a, in certain leaders. But that is what an apostle is, one who establishes and strengthens the churches. Second, prophet. Say with me, prophet. Yeah, I'm going to have you talk the whole night, so get used to it. Say with me, prophet. One who speaks forth a message from God, many times with an insight into future events. Prophets are awesome. Prophets are a blessing. Have you been blessed by a prophet or someone that has the gift of prophecy? Yes. Next, evangelist. One who is called to preach the gospel to the unsaved. Now, let me say something. We've all been called to preach the gospel. So we shouldn't use the gifts of the Spirit, or in this instance, the ministry gifts, as an excuse. Oh, well, I'm not an evangelist. We've all been called to evangelize. Mm, not many amens on that one. I said we've all been called to evangelize. But some people have been uniquely gifted with a defined call on their lives to communicate the gospel to the unsaved, and the unsaved respond tremendously to an evangelist. That's why every time you see an evangelist come, Sunday, Michael French is coming. Look at the altar call. It just gets packed every time an evangelist comes. Now, I preach and three people come to the altar. An evangelist preaches and 10 people, I don't know, 400 people come to the altar. Maybe the evangelist preaches better, but... Maybe the evangelist has an incredible gift of, of, of just like convocation. When they speak, it's like people respond. It's a beautiful gift. Evangelists are gifts to the church. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. There are many at Faith Assembly. The next one, pastor. One who feeds and shepherds believers. One who feeds and shepherds believers. Simple definition. The next one, teacher. One who instructs believers in the word of God. That's the gift of the teacher. Together they work to edify the church. And they work as a team. The Holy Spirit quickens, anoints, and endues these gifts of leadership so that they may minister not in their own strength and understanding, but rather in his power, wisdom, and creative abilities. These are gifts given by the Holy Spirit. Those who serve in these leadership roles are called by God specifically for these areas. Their call is confirmed by the church. Let me show you a word. Timothy 4.14 says, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. This is the church uh, calling Paul out into ministry. Timothy, Timothy was Paul's protege or mentee, and so he is reminding Timothy, Hey, don't forget God called you, and the church confirmed it. They even laid hands on you. So there's that whole thing of the church sending. We did that earlier in the service. 
Church is not about just about what happens in the altar. Church is what happens when, when, we, when we do it together. Uh-huh. Church is not about what happens here. Church is about what we do together. So this team goes out to serve in El Salvador. We together pray and go with them in prayer and in spirit. Amen? All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's keep going. You shouldn't call yourself these titles. Others call out these titles in your life as they see you serve the church. Does that make sense, guys? I just wanted to include that because I think it's very important. Um, when people start calling themselves this or that, you know, it may be true and all that, but I like it better when people call you that rather than you calling yourself that. That, to me, demonstrates humility. Amen? Self-appointed apostles, for example, can become problematic. That's just an example to give you. Amen? All right, all right, all right. Let's keep going. The second set of gifts in the Bible... We talked about ministry gifts. The second set is the manifestation gifts. Say with me, manifestation. These are found in, in Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. These are gifts given by the Holy Spirit as he wills to build and encourage the body of Christ. These gifts manifest, check it out, manifest the power of the Holy Spirit to believers and unbelievers. Like when these gifts begin to operate, People be, oh, oh my gosh, like, oh, wow, God is real. It, it, it shows, it demonstrates, right? That's why you want to pray for the gifts of the Spirit. I said you want to pray and believe for the gifts of the Spirit. Because as you move and operate in them, when you do ministry here or overseas, people see, people see, oh my gosh, God is in action. God is at work. It's a beautiful thing. Let me talk about these gifts of the Spirit. The first one is word of wisdom. Say with me, word of wisdom. It's a revelation of wisdom imparted that is beyond natural human wisdom, enabling a person to know what to do or say. So it's a wisdom beyond what we may be able to think of down here. It's a divine revelation of wisdom that God gives to someone. And it's like, oh my gosh, God just told me exactly what to do. I, I, I was feeling a dead end. I was praying and I was just getting nothing. And all of a sudden, I sense a breakthrough. And the Holy Spirit gave that to me with a word of wisdom. Pray for that, that the Lord may use you in that. Second, word of knowledge. Say with me, knowledge. A revelation of information for a person, group, or situation that could have not been known by any natural means. I remember I was part of a missionary intercessory group when I got saved. That was the connect group that was near my house. I, I don't know why they didn't invite me to a normal connect group, like a normal one. They invited me to the missionary intercession connect group. I kid you not, I was saved like a week when I went there for the first time. I go there, and these people, I mean, they were militant intercessors. We would get in there, and they would pray heaven down. It was powerful. And I'm here like, what is going on? All right? But I'm liking what I'm seeing. I don't even know or understand what's happening. I just like what's happening, okay? In the beginning, you don't know. You're just sensing. I remember, though, one time we were praying because we would pray for different parts of the world and point the map with strategy. It looked like a military operation, I'm telling you. And someone said, oh, oh, 
wait a minute, tomorrow there's going to be an earthquake in Turkey. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's intercede right now. I'm like, an earthquake in Turkey? What are these people talking about? We prayed with, with, with groanings. And the next day in the news, there was an earthquake in Turkey. And the casualties were minimal, less than a dozen, which was a miracle. And I was like, oh, my gosh. The Lord showed us that last night. And that's one of the first examples that I began to, to, to know what a word of knowledge is. And it blessed my life, okay? And it helped me to know that our God is real. You understand? These things just remind you of the, of the reality of who God is. And it reminds others. So operating them. The next one is a gift of faith. Say with me, faith. This is the kind of wonder work in faith that moves mountains. And waits expectantly for results. This faith comes supernaturally. Now this is not the general sense of. Oh yeah I have faith that things are going to get better. Yes we can say that. And that is true. That is proper to say that. This is more of like a, a surge of faith. That comes in momentarily. That helps you believe for something incredible and mighty. I remember for example being on a, on a mission trip. And someone says. I believe right now, uh, not me, maybe a brother next to me that has that gift of faith in that moment. They say, I believe the Lord's going to heal a blind man right now. And it's like, is he? Well, amen, let's do it. Let's pray. It's like, I might not have that faith that has surged in, but the person next to me doesn't. We're going to go ahead and pray for that person and believe that they're going to get healed. And we've seen healings like that. Because that gift of faith operates. It's a surge. It's beautiful. All right. Um, and we should you know, believe more and, and operate more in that gift of faith. It's a beautiful gift to the church. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Gifts of healing. Say with me, healing. The many different ways and degrees in which God manifests healing. So some of you are gifted with healing. And, and you can pray for others and God can heal people. Yes, even in 2021, God heals people. We believe this and we operate in it. Not often enough, but we should believe in healing more and lay hands by faith. You know what, church? It's not, when I lay hands on people, I do not worry about whether they're going to get healed or not because it is not my responsibility to heal. My responsibility is to lay hands and have faith and obey. It's, the Word of God says, anoint people and they will be healed. Okay, I'm going to pray. And the Lord is the one who takes care of the situation. So don't be afraid to lay hands on others. Don't be afraid when situations come up and you will see them when you are on the mission field. And people come, step out, like step out and say, let's pray right now. And lay hands and believe for healing. It is the Lord that heals through us. We're just instruments. Next, the working of miracles. Say with me, miracles. A demonstration of the power and action of God that goes beyond natural laws. You recognize a miracle because something absolutely and completely unexpected just happened. And it broke natural laws. And it's awesome, amazing, beautiful. Let's believe for more miracles. Can I get an amen on that? Prophecy. An anointed proclamation of God through an individual to encourage, exhort, or comfort others. There's plenty of instruction on, on, on how this gift functions in the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, this gift of prophecy. It's a blessing to operating this gift. And it blesses people. If you want to read a little bit more on it. Read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. 
Go to one of our grow classes. We have classes that are just on biblical studies on the book of Corinthians. And so you can go in-depth and learn the word of God through these classes. Can I get an amen on that? Next one, discerning of spirits. A person's ability to perceive what type of spirit is in operation in a given situation. I believe that we need to move, especially in the days that we live in, we need more discernment of spirits. Let me rephrase that. We believers need to operate more in the gift of the discernment of spirits. We need to be aware. Now, am I to say that everything is a spirit? Like someone sneezes, oh, spirit of sneezing. Yeah. No, they're just sneezing. But do we believe there's a spiritual reality according to Ephesians 6 and, you know, even a hierarchy, and there's this whole reality that we need to be aware of, and we have authority to cast devils and spirits out. Yes, we do believe it, and yes, we should move in it. And that should have gotten a clap to the name of Jesus and to the power of the Holy Spirit. So clap to the name of Jesus and give glory to God. You should never be afraid of a spirit because, again, it's not you. It's the Jesus that lives in you. Something comes up or manifests or something out in the name of Jesus. It's not about how loud you scream it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Just pray and, and step on it and operate in it by faith, and the Spirit will go in Jesus' name. But we need discernment. We need discernment. The next one, various kinds of tongues, the languages given to the believer by the Holy Spirit, but not learned or understood by the speaker. So a gift of tongues. Say with me, tongues. Pastor teaches beautifully and eloquently on this during Pentecost weekend, almost every single year. So I'm not going to go in that. But we should seek that gift of tongues. Next one, interpretation of tongues. Say with me, interpretation. The supernatural ability to express the content of what has been spoken in tongues. Now, let me say this. All believers can have a measure of wisdom, knowledge, faith, and discernment. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit... Just, just brings a person to a new level of anointing and power where they can begin to operate in these gifts specifically. Not that we have faith in general, but we operate in the gift of faith. Not that we're discerning people, but that we operate in the gift of discernment of spirits. Do you understand, church? We should seek and desire and yearn and pray for these gifts. Mm-hmm. Wish I would have heard a few more amens. We should pray and seek and desire and yearn for these gifts because they are for the edification of others. Not so that you look good and people think you're super spiritual. No, it's for the edification of others. There's that humility teaching there in Romans 12 as well. Like think of others before you think of yourself. So don't focus so much on the fact that I have the gift. Focus on the fact how can I use this gift to bless someone. That is the right way to think about this. Hallelujah. You want to be used of God by these gifts? Seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You want to learn more about the function of these gifts? Come to one of our grow classes on the weekends. Second commercial for grow classes. I promise that's it. Next, the motivational gifts. Romans 12, 6 through 8. The motivational gifts are the unique energizings of the Holy Spirit within us that give a believer the desire and power to concentrate on a particular aspect of spiritual concern. I love this sentence. If 
by the way, written by Pastor Carl. I like that he says energizing. These motivational gifts is like energizing inside of us. They're like Red Bulls, spiritual Red Bulls. All right, if you drink that. These gifts provide a motivational force for our lives. Hence the name driven. They drive you to do something. They motivate you to do something. There's an action that goes with the gift. If you have just the gift and no action, it's like, man. I'll talk about that more in a second. Everyone views other people and circumstances through their unique motivational gift. And by the way, no gift is greater than the other. So let's summarize them one more time. Perceiver, say with me, perceiver. How many perceivers in the house? All right, it's okay. It's a good thing. Be proud of it. It's a good pride. One who clearly perceives and proclaims the will of God, clearly identifying and exposing sin. A very practical application I want to use today is how do we get involved if you're a perceiver? Well, I'll say a few things. Maybe you can be part of our prayer team right here in the altar. Maybe you can be in one of the connect groups that do prayer, like that focuses on prayer. Like you need perceivers to be involved in ministries like this. I think they can be an incredible blessing to those ministries. Next gift, server. Say with me, server. One who loves to serve and minister to others. How many servers in the house? Let me see. Uh-huh. Let me see the hands. Yes, yes, yes. I see you. Some of you are like, me? It's a good thing to be a server. It's a beautiful gift. If you have it, like, you know, raise your hand. Like you just don't care. All right. Get involved. How do you get involved if you uh, have the gift of serving? Well, there are so many ways uh, that we can be here one hour. But I'll say, you know, you can usher here in the sanctuary. You can be part of the parking team. On the weekends, I mean, there's a lot of ministries here that are incredible. Sanctuary care. There's a lot of ministries for people who love to serve. They just, that's their thing, okay? The next one, teacher. Stay with me, teacher. One who loves to research and communicate truth. How can you get involved as a teacher? Well, we have a lot of grow classes here every weekend, and we're always looking for teachers. This one's now an advertising for teachers. We need teachers. We're also always looking for professors for our Bible Institute here in the church, Faith Institute. So if you have that gift of teaching, man, teach, like teach, use it. And bless believers by communicating truth and doing so with clarity and maturity. That can help build the church and take it to another level. So let's operate on that gift if you have it. How many teachers in the house? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Less hands, but I believe there are more. It might be my bad eyes. Exhorter. Say with me, exhorter. One who loves to encourage others to live a victorious life. Maybe that's you. How many exhorters in the house? Okay, yes, I see a bunch. Maybe you can lead a connect group. Maybe you can host services in an elderly home in the community. You just love to, to, to encourage other people to serve God, to live a life of victory. If that's you, maybe counseling center, you just, you just, you, you can spill out wisdom and, and, and to others on how to live their lives better for Jesus. If that's you, use it. We need you, exhorters. We need you. There are people in this community that need your gift. Do not keep it dormant. 
Do not leave it sleeping in there. No good. Next one, giver. Stay with me, giver. One who loves to give time, talent, energy, and possessions to benefit others and to advance the gospel. How many givers in the house? You can say it. All right, lots of givers. Amen. How do you get involved? Well, if you may be involved already. You may be given already. But the Bible says to give with generosity. All right? So maybe you can become a giver for missions. Yes? Maybe you can become, you know, uh, maybe you can tithe of, of, of your business. I know that what comes to mind with this is I remember my father, uh, he owned his own business for over 25 years. And he always told me, you got to tithe for the church and you got to tithe for missions. And I remember he would always... He would always tithe for missions. And then he would tell me of all the ways in which God would bless him because of how he tithed to missions. And he would always come and tell me a testimony. You will not believe this deal came and this other deal came because he was a, an abundant giver. He always lived in abundance. Amen? Okay. Next, administrator. How many of you have the gift of administrator or leadership? Yes. One who loves to organize, lead, and direct. How can you get involved? Well, you can lead a ministry area here at the church. You know, there are areas in our church that need some organization, some leading areas, ministry areas in our church that still might not have someone to lead them, at least to lead them effectively. And so maybe you see things that no one sees. Maybe you look around the church, you're like, hmm, <laughs> there's a much better way to do this. You see it. You see something in the way that we arrange the chairs in the atrium. You see something in the way we put our offering receptacles around. You're like, you have a better way. But if you're quiet and you're not speaking up, you're keeping that gift inside dormant and you're not using it. You have the gift of administration, but you're not operating in it. No good. The person of mercy. Say with me, mercy. Or a person that is compassionate. One who shows compassion, mercy, love, and care for others in need. How you can get involved? We're talking about really practical things, not about these motivational gifts. How you can get involved? Get involved in the ministry to the homeless. Help us with our food pantry. Help us with our food distributions. Amen? Less, less amens there as we get, as we get going, but uh, I know you're still with me. We can learn from each other and flow together in our giftings. Let me give you a few examples. If one with the gift of prophecy does not learn from the one with the gift of mercy, he or she may speak the truth, but not in love, as we were commanded to do. See how the gifts can work together to beautifully? Next example. If one with the gift of exhortation does not learn from the one with the gift of teaching, he or she may give steps of action for spiritual growth but they may not be scripturally accurate. So the teacher helps the exhorter. The exhorter helps the teacher. It's a body. It's a community. We work together. Can I get an amen on that? One of the best ways to summarize the motivational gifts is with a simple story. And I'm ending at this point. The way I'm going to put it is this way. Let's pretend that Pastor Carl uh, comes in through these doors with a large tray of desserts for everyone sitting on the risers. All right, so for you on the risers, wave at me. There's like a large tray of cupcakes that Pastor Carl is bringing in in a minute. 
This is imaginary, by the way. Sorry if you thought we had real cupcakes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We better get some cupcakes. All right. But for the sake of the story, Pastor Carl has a large tray. He has a bunch of cupcakes in his hands, and he's bringing them in. Okay? But with one of these um, little power strips or something, he trips and he falls. And all of the cupcakes fall on the carpet. Mm-hmm. Can I hear? Aww. All right, a lot of mercy, people. The perceiver would say, Pastor Carl, that's what happens when you're not careful. Because our motivation is to correct life, to correct others. The server would say, oh, let me help you, Pastor. I can help you clean it up for you. Because their motivation is to fulfill a practical need. The merciful would say, don't feel bad that you dropped the dessert. We all make mistakes. Well, their motivation is to care for the emotions of others. The exhorter would say, next time, let's serve the dessert at the dining hall so that we can protect the carpet. Motivation to correct the future. The giver would say, oh, I'll be happy to buy a new tray of desserts because their motivation is to give to a tangible need. The administrator would say, Hey, Peter, why don't you get them off? Carmen, uh, help me fix another tray. Let's get it going. I think we can uh, pick it up and, and, and get it on time for those people in the risers. Their motivation, to relieve the present embarrassment and to solve the problem. The teacher, you know how the teacher would react? Pastor Carl, the next time you place the desserts on a tray, try to equally distribute the weight on the tray. And that way, they will not fall when you walk. Their motivation is to impart truth. And if you're a teacher, you thought that was absolutely hilarious. Let me say this. There's another person. There's actually an eighth person in this whole story. And I'm going to call that person the spectator. That's the person that is looking at the situation and does nothing. They just stare. Similar to when I froze on that bachelor's party. They're looking, they see the situation, they have a gift inside, but they're just not willing to operate in it. I want to encourage you tonight not to be that person. I want to encourage you to be not like the guy who hid the talent. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. When Jesus comes, hey, what did you do with what I gave you? Well, I was... A, I was afraid, Lord, I, I hid it. I, I knew you would come and ask me, and I, 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 at least I wanted to give the, the little one a hat that you gave me. And Jesus is disappointed, to say the least. How many people are sitting in this congregation, not just here on Wednesday, on the weekends? They're spectators. They're just watching everything happen, like from a distance, instead of being participants, instead of getting in to the game, like doing something. I want to encourage you tonight to use the gift that God has given you. Whether it is a motivational gift, a ministry gift, a manifestational gift, use the gift. Let us use them. That pleases the Lord. And let us use them in unity. So tonight, you, what I want you to think is, Lord, how can I use the gift you gave me? Listen, and maybe you are Shy, that could be the thing. 
you still have to use the gift. Ask God a way to help you overcome that so that you can use the gift. Maybe you don't know anybody. That doesn't stop you from getting involved. Get in there. You have to be a little bit presentado, they say in Spanish. You got to be a little bit nosy sometimes and get in there and, 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 and get your hands dirty so that you can be a part of the action. Don't just stare from a distance. There's a song that annoys me terribly from Bette Midler. God is watching us. I like that. But then it's like, from a distance. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> Lady, you have it all wrong. He's right there with us. Like, he's involved. He walks with me. He's like here. He's here. So don't be like the song says. But be in the game. Get involved. Use the gift. So I'm going to open the altars for the following. And if you can please stand up so that we can go ahead and close with prayer. And we're going to close in the altar. Tonight, I want you to, to be encouraged to be activated in your gift. You have a talent inside of you. You do not know how to use it. You're shy on how to use it. Maybe you stopped using it for a while. Maybe you started operating in a gift and somebody said, that's not the way you do it. You know, there's people that have been baptized in lemonade. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or vinegar. Thank you. Maybe that someone discouraged you when you were trying to use your gift. Tonight, you need to be like, I don't care what I went through. I don't care what somebody said. I don't care what someone, how someone criticized me. As John was mentioning that, someone was criticizing on social media. Yes, like you need to ignore that kind of stuff and just get in the game. Get in the situation. So if that's you, you say, I need to be used. I want to open the altars. I want you to come. If that's you. You say, I, need, I, I just need to be activated on my gift. I have it. I know I have it in me, but I want to use it. I'm hungry to use it. I want to be used. Yes, come, come, come. That's the first altar call. Come. If you're here, you're like, I need to use my gift. God, you know what you put in me. I learned that even this week, but, but help me to, how does this look like? How does it look like in, in the church if I use it? Come, come, like surrender it to the Lord. Because on, on that last day, When the Lord asks me, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? You know what my goal is? I don't, if he gave me five, I don't want to give him five. I want to give him 35. I want to be like, I did as much as I could. I multiplied it. I, I wanted to exalt you and please you so much. Look at all the talents I have. And I want to throw them in his presence. Because I'm so happy because I did something with them. Be that guy. Be that person. Have that heart tonight as you surrender your gifts and you say, Lord, use me. The second group I'm going to call, maybe you are here and you do, not, you do not know Jesus. Maybe you're from another religion and you're just checking Christianity out. That's all right. Tonight, you have an opportunity to receive Jesus in your heart. Tonight, you have an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you're from another religion. Again, that's all right. Let me tell you, no one like Jesus, I'm going to recommend you to come and surrender your life to Jesus Christ, our Savior. He wants to bless you. And not just gives you salvation, but gives you so many gifts that your life is going to be blessed and you're going to be a blessing to others. Amen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.